jump right into it, don't you? Oh, you didn't hear? No, but now I did. Oh, okay, yeah. Dale Hart Earnhardt Jr. Is, will not be uh, racing. Instead, uh, Jeff Gordon will come out of retirement to take place in his number 88 car. What? Yeah. Okay. So, so this was your uh, this was your racing minute, brought to you by the Media Boat Podcast. Yeah. Hey guys, Jeff Gordon, the is, Brett Favre of racing. Sh- sure. The Michael Jordan of basketball. Are you sure he's not the Jeff Gordon of racing? <laughs> no, he's the Brett Favre of racing. He's the Brett Favre of racing. Oh uh, yes. Jackson. <laughs> uh, this is the movie Media Boat. The wow, the Media Boat Podcast. I've been talking all day, <clears throat> so pardon me if I'm a little raspy. Um, this is a podcast where we talk about media, we talk about movies, television, music, video games, all sorts of weird stuff in between, and today is July the 21st. Yep, that's a Thursday for Of 2016, yes, we're recording on a Thursday this week, Wednesday got a little busy, um, but yeah, we're still getting the show out this week, uh, for our one, maybe, 0.3 of a listener. I have no idea who listens to the show. Because you guys don't tell us, even if you do. So, there's the, that. Leave reviews. Leave comments. Talk to us. Communicate <laughs> with us. Oh, God. It's going to be rough. I'm going to go grab a drink. You finish. All right. Well, while he's finishing himself making a cocktail, preferably shaken, not stirred, <laughs> we're going to get right into the box office of movies. And we have some apologizing to do. Um, we apologize because Ghostbusters was not number one this week. In a terrible, terrible, disappointing debut, Ghostbusters came in second at $46 million. Yeah. That is terrible coming off of a $144 million budget. Yeah. It's disappointing, just to say the least. But we will get to Ghostbusters later because we have a review on it. And we will also get to the number one movie uh, again this week, Secret Life of, Secret Life of Pets. Yes, The Secret Lice of Pets. $50 million, a 50% drop from last week, which is expected. And just, yeah, Ghostbusters disappointed in the box office. Disappointed everyone. Um, Rounding up the top five of the box office was... Except for the vast majority of critics who liked it. Oh, funny enough that you brought that up. Apparently the only critics who liked it were the female critics. There's a distinct um, separation between male male and females uh, who like and dislike the movie. A majority of the males disliked the movie, while a majority of females liked the movie. It didn't matter what age they were. It was just a dis- distinct male versus female ratio of like it to hate it. So, yeah. I mean... To a certain extent, does not mean that it fulfilled like its, its mission, you could say. It was supposed to be a rethinking of the franchise, you know? It wasn't just supposed to be the same thing over again. Right, it's supposed to be a retooling of the franchise. Or rather, a reimagining? I guess you say reimagining, retooling. Yeah. Uh, different direction, you could say. Um, as we discussed last week about casting women in more movies... Hey, they decided to cast women in this, and like I mentioned, you might suffer at the box office, but at least you'll get some brownie points for it, which is exactly what happened here. Uh, Tarzan, number three, with $11.4 million. Dory, 
uh, with 11.4 million as well. And rounding out your top five at the box office, we have Mike and Dave need wedding dates. Which uh, Alex is not here, but she saw that, and we talked about it briefly. So, uh, do you want uh, to hear her um, interpretation? Is it like what I said? Um, where if you like raunchy comedies, you're going to like this movie? So no, she said that that's what she was expecting, and the movie ended up being slightly different than that. Okay. She says apparently it's kind of a power trip for Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza. Their characters are basically, through the entire narrative of the movie, the ones who wield the power. Whereas the Adam Devine, Devine character and the other guy, uh, Zach Efron, Zach Efron. Um, are basically shown to be dumb idiots the entire time. Okay. So she was actually kind of, in, like, she said that she didn't expect anything out of it, ended up enjoying it, because it was kind of like a weird little power fantasy. And every single time that they could have made, like, you know, like, the typical the typical comedy move, they would reverse the expectations and have the women come on top. Hmm. And so it was, she said it was really interesting, it ends well, uh, the characters are empowered. She said it was enjoyable, even though the jokes, you know, were kind of, didn't always hit. Okay. She said it wasn't what she expected and was pleasantly surprised by it. So I'd say that if you were uh, at all skeptical about it, but that sounds decent, then maybe it wouldn't be a waste of your money. I'll catch on HBO. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm coming. That's like a Netflix when nothing else else is on kind of movie for me. No, it's more like a, I'll catch on HBO when it goes on HBO and I can have it on the background and semi-pay attention to it where I'll get there for the jokes Follow the relative airline, narr- narrative landline. I think you were trying to say storyline and, no. and I say try to say relative storyline and narrative at the same time. Wow, Reline. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a word. Apparently yeah. Now that's a word now. <laughs> so yeah, okay. Uh, let's get into movie news before we get into our reviews. I was say, do you want to just talk about the movies now since we're already talking about them? All right. You want to go number one and number two? Let's, uh, let's get Secret Life of Pets out of the way. Because okay. I feel like it's the one we probably so, have more of a bone to pick with. Yeah. So we both saw Secret Life of Pets uh, yeah. this weekend. Um, unfortunately. And we'll... Okay, let's just get into why it's unfortunate. Um, as you slowly uh, sip your Pepsi. I needed this. Made with real sugar. Real sugar. You can get the Pepsi clear? No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not going to try Crystal Pepsi. Okay. Um, I was not a lot. Well, I mean, I was alive, but I was too young to drink it when the first time it was out. So I'm kind of afraid to drink it now um, when they're going to re-release it. I don't know what that thing's going to taste like. Apparently, it's like Pepsi, but it's clear. Yeah. It's like I don't want that. It sounds terrible. Anyways. Anyways, Secret Life of Pets. Okay. Uh, just like Pepsi, Crystal Pepsi, it's not what you expect it's going to be. <laughs> So, uh, uh, long story short, I saw it with my girlfriend. She thought the trailers looked cute, and she was right. The trailers did look cute. They do a very good job of in the trailers of making you think, oh, this movie's going to be about all the cute little misadventures that pets get to when their, par- when their uh, owners are gone. So that's like one-eighth of this movie. Yeah. But it's the best part of the movie. So basically what I'm telling you is if you've seen the trailers... You've seen the highlights of The Secret Life of Pets. Yes, because everything else <laughs> in that movie goes goes to some dark places. And uh, 
goes just through some things that you wouldn't normally see in a kid's movie. Which I guess makes this not a kid's movie then? Well, I mean, I think by definition it still is. There's nothing too out there. I think the worst thing that happens in the movie is a snake gets crushed under a giant, like, wall. And that's, like, the most violence that they get into. Yeah. It's not a violent movie. There's no, like, it's not like there's anything raunchy going on. But tonally... Yes. It takes takes on such a strange, like, tone. Essentially, they join a gang, like, uh, like animals that, led by the bunny, uh, voiced by Kevin Hart, um, who are very, very, like, into, like, so anti-owner that they're basically willing to lie about killing their owners, which is already kind of a strange thing. The protagonists join in on this as if they have no reservations about it, even though later it's revealed that I'm, I'm just going to spoil this because you should not care about spoilers for this movie. No. Uh, trust me, you don't care. Even if you think you care, you don't care. No. Nope. Um, they are quick to just go jump to the conclusion that they need to lie about killing their owners to fit in with Kevin Hart's bunny gang thing. Is already super contrived. And uh, then later, you're supposed to believe that one of the protagonist dogs is sad that his owner has died. Even though that sadness lasts for a grand total of about 28 seconds until the plot has to pick up again and get into Act 3. Yep. It's terribly paced. It doesn't make any sense. It's tonally all over the map. Also, you're, just, you're supposed to believe that all of this happens in the total of one day. Yeah. Somehow. I don't understand how it's possible. The timeline doesn't make make any sense. Um, the best, the, the shining thing in this movie is Jenny Slate, who does a good job with her character, which is this puffy white dog that tries, tries her darndest to save the protagonist, the Louis C.K. character obviously does not succeed or kind of succeed i don't know it's it really doesn't make any sense no um but her character is the best part of that movie but she's underutilized just like all the best moments in that movie underutilized don't don't bother singing it no (laughs) um i don't know why but for some reason there's some kids in my theater and they were laughing their asses off at the lamest jokes they threw at them. I'm going to put this out here. This was not for us. Oh, obviously not. Yeah. I mean, the jokes came, hit me, and went like, oh, that's it? Bounced that right joke? off. Yeah. yeah. Bounced right off. That's the thing. It's like the jokes were not good enough to make you forget how bad the story was. Whereas some of those, you know, like, okay, here's where I'm going to get dig into <laughs> Illumination a little. Um, because I've been thinking about this a lot lately with this and the, the trailers they have for that Sing movie. Oh, that that pissed me off, actually. Yeah. Um, no, not the, neither the trailer for Sing or this movie. Okay. But the fact that they had to put... A Minions freaking short? No. Oh. The billboard oh, yeah. poster of Sing I saw that. on the bus they tried in to, the middle of the movie. They're trying so hard to be Pixar. 
They're trying so hard to be Pixar, which goes into the next thing, which I was going to talk about. Oh, yeah. The freaking Minion short, which is one of the worst 15-minute oh, shorts I've ever seen, or, like, however long it was. Yeah. One of the worst shorts I've ever seen before an animated feature. It was pure slapstick comedy against with Minions, who you have no idea what the hell they're saying. Yeah. Well, you kind of do. You kind of do. You kind of do. Yes. At this point, I feel like the audience is versed enough in Minionese... I, which I believe, somebody should correct me here if you if, if I'm not right about here write this write about this. But I believe minionese is the official term. I think it's minionitis. <laughs> See, that's better. Some, but I'm pretty sure it's minionese is the official name for their language, which is I don't know how I feel about that. But uh, anyways, but yeah, it just goes to show you like uh, I think it's indicative of a larger problem with illumination. I think Despicable Me 1 is a good movie. I enjoyed it. I think it has a really good emotional center to it. I think it's well-paced. I think it's a well-made movie. But every movie they put out after has disappointed more and more. I have not seen Minions, but I know you have. And it's awful, right? Yes. Now, Despicable Me 2, I enjoyed kind of... But I thought it was a worse movie than the first. Okay. So I feel like every movie they're putting out is somehow worse than the last. Okay. And I think it has to do with their losing track of tone. Or writing. I think that has I think they go hand in hand. Yeah. In a lot of cases. I think they have no idea who is watching their movies and why. And so I think they're having a hard time balancing the this is a joke that a kid will get. And this is something the adults will enjoy, which is something, of course, Pixar are masters at. Well, more more so DreamWorks Animation, especially with the Shrek movies. Those were masterfully done because a lot of those were adult jokes in a kid's movie. But at the time, though, the reason why that worked at the, t- at the time and the w- reason why that formula still kind of works for DreamWorks is because they're reliant on a different thing. They're reliant on pop culture gags. Right. Whereas Illumination is trying to do more universal humor. But because they're pers- from Universal Studios? Ha 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 ha, funny. <laughs> but for some reason it just feels like they're tone deaf about it. That they don't understand who they're writing the jokes for. Uh, I believe this comes solely into the um, executive producers of trying to make jokes that will hit in a world market and not necessarily in a... Yeah. Single market. You might be onto something there. Because Secret Life of Pets is based in New York. However, they hit none of the New York landmarks. No. You get a flyby of uh, Statue of Liberty in the beginning, and that's it. Yeah. They mention Brooklyn. Yeah. They mention the Brooklyn Bridge. But it has no impact on the plot. Pretty yes. Much. It, be, it just could be any bridge any, anywhere. Any bridge, any any building, any suburb, any right. sort. There's no key landmarks seen or mentioned in... Secret Life of Pets. Right. And that bugged the hell out of me. If you're going to have set it in New York, set it in New York. Make New York a part of the story. It's... It's fair. It's, it's uh... I yeah. think you're onto something there. I never even thought about the international angle, but yes. You're probably right, because they're a French company. Yes. Um, you know, they probably have a slightly different, I guess you could say, approach to filmmaking than... These other CG studios are. Godard! 
I, see, that's not that. That's, no, that's, no, that's, no, that's, just, that's, I'm just saying yeah, French. But it's like it's it's not even like I mean, French cinema has a history of being excellent. So obviously, this is not. No, yes. In 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 line with that tradition, um, I think it's just it's. I think they're trying. They're French guys trying to make American movies. Right. And they don't understand what Pixar and DreamWorks do right, but they're just trying to do the thing without understanding how to actually why the reasons why it works. Get the emotional tone out of people. Yeah, there's no emotional hooks. I mean, like I said, that's the thing they nailed in Despicable Me One. Yeah, we'll see. And they can't do it. They cannot replicate it. You say they nailed it. I still say they don't. I think I think that they did a good job on it. Obviously, obviously, a Pixar movie is on a completely different level. Right. I I will admit that. So I could understand how it probably didn't work for some other people, but it worked for me. But then every single movie they've done after that has just completely missed it. I don't even think Minions. I didn't see it again. But um, I don't think Minions even had like attempts to have an emotional like connection. Does it? Um. It tries to, <laughs> amongst the three minions, but yes, it utterly fails, falls flat. Yeah, it's just they're tr- I, they're try. You can tell they're trying, but there's something missing in their 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 pot of ingredients there, and they gotta figure it out. Because yeah, uh, you guys could skip Secret Life of Pets, yep. see Finding Dory again. It's more worth your time. Or you can see Ghostbusters. Or you can see Ghostbusters. Uh, so I did not see this. You did. I did. Let's, I saw it in IMAX 3D. Are, are you afraid of some ghosts? I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Okay. And I actually ain't afraid of Paul Feig anymore. How does how does busting feel? It made me feel eh. <laughs> it doesn't. It does. Does it make you feel good? Perhaps? I mean, the first one made me feel good. <laughs> Same one was eh. This one was more eh. All right. So, let's okay. talk about it. All right, let's talk about it. No spoilers, because I am going to see this movie. All right, let's get the best thing in this movie off the bat. Paul Feig can direct a movie. Oh, I was going to say Kate McKinnon, but okay. Oh, yes, but Kate McKinnon. <laughs> but yes, Paul well, yeah, Feig can. can direct a movie. Have you seen Bridesmaids? Yes. You should have already known this. I mean, given this lack of a direction of a script um he actually makes this movie actually watchable it's actually good in 3d okay yeah um but yes outside of it looking good and feeling like a ghostbusters movie um kate mckinnon steals the show yeah it's a- as we called in the trailers as we called this i knew time. this the whole time and the, yeah when i read started reading reviews i was like i felt super vindicated i was like yeah yep of course she does i've been saying that for months yep <laughs> he was saying that since she was on SNL. Yeah, because she's the best thing. She's the best person on SNL right yep. now. I mean, there's a reason why she's the only one getting Emmy nominations, which we'll talk about later. Yep. So yeah. I'll try to pull that off. Yep. <laughs> right. Um But yeah, so Ghostbusters. Um, apparently, they completely ignore the fact that the first Ghostbusters, first or the other two, right, exist. It never happened. Yes. It's a different. It's a different universe. Yes. Um. A completely different universe. Uh, this movie just doesn't click. Mm. Um, it sets up uh, Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy, supposed to be best friends, who grew up um, ghostbusting or rather experimental activity. Sure. Yeah. 
and then sort of fell apart uh, when Christopher decided to become a scholar. Cool. Okay. A scholarly uh, academic. So basically, yeah. Okay. Except she gets called back in when people start questioning her about her book that she wrote. Okay. And completely abandons her academic career to go straight into the, we have to be Ghostbusters now because we're the only ones who can stop them. That's that's fair. That's fair. Okay, yeah. That, that I mean, obviously, you're going to get into some contrived territory in a story about ghosts existing. Yes. So I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt there. That That's a good mer- narrative hook for this yes. Um, While narratively it works, the jokes don't work as often as they should. Okay. It also feel forced at times in order to make specific references to Ghostbusters. Sure. But but that's kind of the damned if you do, damned if you don't thing, right? Whereas if you pretend that the, those movies never existed, the fans will be like, it de- you don't even reference, like, it doesn't even have anything to do with Ghostbusters. But then if you do it too much, then you have the people saying like, oh, well, you just pandered to the people who love Ghostbusters. Like, there's no way to win. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, well, it goes deeper than that, but... <laughs> Fuck. But, yeah, so... Kim McKinnon, best thing in this movie. Leslie Jones. Yes, who we'll talk about a little bit more later. Let's talk about that right now. Do you want to talk about that now? Yeah. Well, first, what? how did you think of her in the movie? For the, for the movie? Yeah. Did not get going till the second half. The first half felt like a Paul Feig movie with, where it's the female leads just busting jokes on each other. Sure. Second <laughs> half of that. Busting. Yes. Second <laughs> half of that movie felt like a Ghostbusters movie. Okay. And that's the problem I have with the movie. I would in general. I would argue that that's kind of how the first Ghostbusters goes. And I and I can say this because I just watched it two weeks ago. Okay. Is it, you'd be surprised. How long it takes for them to finally see a ghost in that movie. Yeah, it has been a while since I have seen that movie. <laughs> it's Yeah, it, there is a lot of setup in that movie as well, where they have to establish, okay, here's the, each the, the quirks of the characters. Here's the reason why they're going to do this. Oh, look, we're in the library now. There's a ghost. All of a sudden, they're Ghostbusters. Right. Yeah. So there is a bit of a ramp, but I could also understand they maybe had to build a bigger ramp this time. They had to build a bigger ramp. Because it's 2016, not 1984, and there's more of an expectation for the audience to, hey, who are these people and why do I care about them? So I could understand why there probably would be more um, setup needed. But anyways. But anyways, um, maybe I should go back and watch the first Ghostbusters then. You should. Because... My nostalgia of it and what I remember mm-hmm. of it might be completely different from what the actual movie is. However, your nostalgia for two is exactly what you think it is. Okay. I watched 15 minutes of two um, on Friday. Stopped watching two. All right. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, this is 1989 incarnate. Uh, this is not aged well at all. <laughs> like, I was actually telling Alex as she was over there while I was watching it, and I was like, I feel like Ghostbusters 1, even though it came out before... Yeah. Has aged way better than Ghostbusters 2. Okay. Soundtrack, everything. Just, like, visuals. Just, just for some reason, Ghostbusters 1 just looks and sounds like a better movie than Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> but anyways. But anyways, 
Yeah, this movie didn't, uh, was not as bad as I thought it could be. Definitely deserves a 60%. Mm-hmm. Like, a solid 60. Okay. I mean, could probably go higher, I guess. The, the emotional ending on the hook, it, I guess, works for the movie. I mean, especially from what they set up with the movie, it works. But overall, yeah. Okay. Catch it. I will likely try to see this this weekend, um, if not tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, it depends on what my schedule ends up being. Because I definitely want to see this. So, um, yeah, next week um, I'll probably break it back up with some of my impressions. Um, but, yeah, that sounds uh, sounds basically about what I've heard. Um, kind of. Yeah. It's like, I can't hate on the movie for what it did. Right. And there's nothing terrible about the movie to make me say, don't go see it. It just, it but exists. there's not enough to say go see it. Sure, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll have to see it. I'll, I'll report back with my my findings. Uh, uh, but yeah, well, uh, that's good for now. Uh, uh, so yeah, if you guys, I guess you could say that if you do think that you would enjoy this movie, at least give it a try. Yeah, is what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Because goodness knows it needs money. Yep. Because <laughs> it's not making its budget right now. So, let's talk Leslie Jones. Okay, yeah, I'll just briefly uh, run this past. So, uh, Leslie Jones, uh, one of the stars of Ghostbusters and also one of the stars of Saturday Night Live with Kane McKinnon, um, ha- kind of came under fire on Twitter, or at least has been coming under fire on Twitter ever since apparently she got a Twitter, but decided that she would do kind of a little bit, bit of an experiment kind of to prove to Twitter the company uh about what happens to um her on a daily basis and so on wednesday i want to say tuesday or wednesday of this week tuesday she decided to do nothing but uh retweet and uh reply uh to people uh basically insulting her or um critiquing her in a um offensive fashion on twitter all day in order to kind of promote awareness basically saying hey, this is what's happening every day, not just to me, but to people like me. Online you bullying? Know, just like, yeah, it's like beyond bullying. Uh, just, you know, constant racism, assault, like just verbal assault, just just people just not understanding and trying to get Twitter's attention, basically saying like, hey, Twitter, you need to do something about this. Miracle of all miracles, Twitter actually did finally succumb to the pressure and by the end of the day, um, did release basically a statement saying that they would uh, introduce new, easier ways to get verified. Now, if you know anything about Twitter, one of the things is that there are the verifieds and there are the not verifieds. If you are, quote, verified, unquote, that means, one, you have a nice blue check next to your name, and two, it means that you are granted special permissions that are not granted to people who are just regular users of Twitter. These special us per- common folk? Yes, us common folk. So... Generally, verified users of Twitter are generally people in the public conscious. This is celebrities. These are scientists. These are company CEOs. These are people who these are news outlets. You would know these are about. TV shows. Yeah, exactly. People or entities that you would know about that you would want, like that that would be, you know, like you would think would. It's be an verified. honest, direct source. The thing is, is, is that these verified people are given special abilities that people who are not uh, verified are not given including the ability to basically uh, get Twitter's attention about um, inappropriate conduct. So there are dis- there are things that you can do as a verified user 
um, that can help you defend against people like doing this to you. So Twitter came out and said basically, oh, we're going to make the, the process to being verified a little easier than before. Obviously, this is not the solution to the problem. It helps a little bit, obviously, if you aren't already verified. But the fact is, is that Twitter needs to do something about the action, about the people who are doing it, not just provide tools for people to get to, to get those people blocked. They need to create an environment in which somebody doesn't feel like they can or they should attack somebody on Twitter with inappropriate and offensive comments. But anyways, so yeah, uh, just felt like that was something we should probably bring up because uh, a lot of this did uh, kind of start swirling around the release of Ghostbusters because Leslie Jones is now on a much larger scale than she was before right. uh, when she was just on television. So it's kind of an interesting thing to just keep in the back of your minds. Um, internet, uh, you know, it's a dangerous place. Twitter is a dangerous place. And anything that we can do to try to get people aware and thinking about how we can improve it is a good thing. I didn't know that's where you were going to go with that. Yeah, that's that's where I was going to go. Okay, I thought we were going to talk the actual news story about the one guy getting banned, because... I'm not giving him the time of day on this podcast. Okay. So, all in all, <laughs> someone got banned. Yes, who uh, we will not discuss. All that matters is that Twitter's trying, and hopefully they'll get better at it. Yep. But what's not trying is Ghostbusters <laughs> and that box office. Yeah. God damn it, need it. Yeah, so... What Ghost- it also needed was an international release. Yeah, it largely didn't get it. Nope, because China. Yeah. So let's talk about China. Yep. Uh, it's a country that's been... Um, <laughs> it had several, it, dynasties. several dynasties. It's existed for centuries. And it only allows 30 <laughs> international movies into its uh, movie theaters per year. And you can only have one kit. Yep. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. This is not dealing with the kit part. <laughs> it's dealing with the 30 movies part. Okay. Because Ghostbusters was denied... Entry into uh, China. Okay. Yes, China. I guess the quote is something around the, along along the lines of they didn't sit, think anyone would see it. Uh, not the quote I got. <laughs> the quote I got was that it was due to the promotion of paranormal activity. Oh yeah, right. That they did not want their Chinese audience seeing it. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. I don't believe that for a second. Well, also this film does not play take place anywhere in China. Also, the headquarters is above a Chinese restaurant, <laughs> and they make fun of wonton soup constantly in that movie. Sure. Okay. So, I mean, that's such a minor thing. Yes, yeah, they're, okay. they're minor things, <laughs> but, you know, sure. to a Chinese government who's trying to show movies a, that... A communist Chinese government, let's be clear. Okay, a tra- communist <laughs> Chinese government. A uh, totalitarian regime, you could say. The red state. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that's yep. so great. Yep. So that's gonna hurt its overall box office, and probably gonna hurt any chance of a sequel. Oh, by the way, there is an end credit sequence. Okay. Uh, two Ghostbusters. See, that's a, another thing actually I'm, that I'm surprised you didn't bring up uh, when when you're talking about the movie. A lot of the reviews, kind of that I read, ended the same way, which basically saying is like. I don't know if this is the Ghostbusters movie I wanted, but I'm really, really excited to see what they do with the sequel. Yeah. Because they basically all of them are talking about like there's real potential in the thing that they've created. It's just that in the movie that exists, it's not 100% there. 
I'm trying to say what it feels like. Without saying anything. Without saying anything, yeah. yeah. Because I know I've seen this formula before, but it's not reaching to me yet. <laughs> I don't know why it's not. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like Pirates of the Caribbean. Sure. Where okay. the first movie is its own entertained capsule of a movie, which is what this movie is. Okay. However, parts two and three is where it really gets good. Uh, I could not disagree more. Well, it's when they expand on what they have. Uh, but I could not disagree more about the enjoyable part. Okay, enjoyable. I think the first Pirates of the Caribbean is a fun entertaining movie yes i think two and three i have not even seen four okay i think two and three are super super boring well two and three get more into their own lore yeah which i could not give a crap about which is why i like those movies i just could not care yeah i just that'd be another example of it i i'm I'm okay it's like uncharted one and uncharted two okay Video game-wise. Yeah. Where, yes. uh, where there's a lot of stuff they do right in Uncharted, but a lot of stuff that doesn't work. Right, and and there was so much potential by the end of that game where you're just like, man, if they just did this specific thing and maybe had the enemies take a few less bullets and maybe didn't do this stupid boss fight, it would be so much better. Yes. And then they did it. And yes. then they did exactly that and created one of the be- best games, I would say the best game on the PS3. Yes, it's like that. Yeah. There's... Great potential for this. All the characters work well together. Paul Feig, 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 does a great job in this movie, directing it. Feig, 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 It just misses the mark. (laughs) So, yeah, so you would argue that if they can, they should make a sequel to this? Yeah, but it's Sony, and I doubt they will. Sony already put this thing out to die, Yeah, it feels like. They're going to get, I mean... Basically, that's why I was saying I pretty much have to see this movie this weekend, because I know, given another week, Star Wars is taking all a uh, Star Trek. Sorry, yep. Star Trek is taking all its theaters. Yep, Star Trek's coming out this week. I by know. The way. So I'm already like it's already on its last legs. Yep. Uh, there's going to be maybe like five showtimes, and I'm 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 afraid I'm going to miss them. Speaking of Star Trek, yeah, let's gonna move right to movie news. That. So Star Trek uh, has premiere this week, and they decided to invite. Hideko Kojima, up to his premiere. Uh, Hideo? Yes. Kojima? Hideo Kojima. <laughs> Make sure you get that first name. Yes. Oh, uh, if you don't know who he is, he's the Metal Gear Solid guy. Yes. So they decided to bring him out, and he decided to troll everyone by wearing a Star Wars t-shirt <laughs> to the premiere of Star Trek. <laughs> yes. It's cute. It is cute. It's, it's nice. <laughs> also, J.J. Um, Abrams has come out and publicly said that they will not retire the Anton Yeltsin character okay. to have off, nor will they give him a proper send-off, okay. nor will they replace him. So what are they going to do? Um, just write him out of the story, I guess. Just, just everyone he will just... He graduated off-screen. Okay, so everybody will just assume, like, everybody will act as if he still exists, but he will not be seen and he will have no lines. Yes. Got it, okay. He'll be graduated and off campus or I think that's smart because you don't want to make you don't want to make your fans angry by replacing yeah. him and you don't want to make anyone else angry 
by someone trying to do an impression of him. Yeah. Also, also, probably this, the uh, trajectory of this story is probably already set in stone. Any changes they would make to it would be probably irreversible. Right. Because <laughs> this thing is a multi-million dollar franchise now. They, I'm sure that they know what the next movie after Beyond is going to already be. So it's like it's not that it's not like they could really fi- change it too much. So nope. To, well, include, we'll get a, into, uh, to include a death or a departure. No, but we'll get into Star Trek later. Yeah, we'll come get, back around to it. Are you gonna see that thing uh, this week? This week, I don't think I have time to. I don't know. I'm just I just want uh, to see uh, how much Fast and Furious is in this thing. Because it's just Ray Justin Lin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excited. A surprise Dwayne Johnson shows up. <laughs> you know, just Vin Diesel just is in the background. Vin Diesel's some alien. It'd be great. You I, see a random spaceship drift through the stars. They have Chris Pine uh, say that, 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 that the crew is family. Yeah. <laughs> They're my family. They're my family. Really low for some reason. He's just, he's just like, They're my family. I'm here because they're my family. <laughs> Anyways. Michelle Rodriguez shows up. <laughs> actually, actually, that'd be pretty awesome. I just want a scene with Michelle Rodriguez and uh, Zoe Saldana. That's all I want. Just the two of them on the same on the same in the same scene. They have been. When Avatar. Oh, that doesn't count. That counts. No, it doesn't. That Moving counts. on. That counts. Moving on that does not count. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, Divergent. Yeah. Or Subvergent. Or. or Dying in a pit of hell as it's apparently going to rest. Or young adult, young adult uh, novel uh, movie series number 15. I think it's the sixth. <laughs> um, well, the version series will end with Allegiant, as it does in the books. Well, the, right. so <laughs> the books are three books. Decided to split the third book into a fourth book because you money. Know. Yeah. Unfortunately, the third movie they made... Tanked. Uh, yeah. $66 million was made for a Legion. A, bu- a budget of, like, 120 Yep. Yeah. Ish? Yep. Something like that. Some, around that ballpark, I'm yeah. assuming. So, it's clear enough to say that this series is dying, or if it's <laughs> not already dead. So, what Lionsgate is planning to do instead... Of putting this thing out into theaters to die, they're going to make a TV movie out of it. Sure. Uh, this will be headed by Lionsgate TV division. Uh, due to the poor performance, Lionsgate has a TV ad- a division. Yes, it does. Okay. Uh, by Allegiant. Uh, currently, there's no word if the stars will be returning. Yeah. Because they have not even been told this. Uh, probably until we were. Yes. the rest of the world was. Yep. Uh, Shailene Woodley, the star of uh, the Diversion series, sure. did not know about this because she was on a plane from New York to San Diego, Comic-Con, as it's going on this weekend, and immediately she was asked about this when she landed. Mm-hmm. Her response was, I just landed. I don't know anything about this. I'll have to get back to you on this. It almost sounds like a situation where after the, the last one wrapped, they probably had some sort of talk and basically, the studio heads were like, "Yeah, um, we're gonna get back to you about the next movie. We're we're figuring some things out. We're gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna make some decisions in the back here. We'll let you know when we're gonna start filming." And everybody was like, "Okay, all right, all right." And so they went and did their own thing. Yep. 
and then surprise, surprise, she lands, finds out about this, and she's like, ah, got it. And everything clicks together in her head. <laughs> yep. Quote, uh, Shailene's quote is, honestly, I was on a plane all, when all that happened, and I landed, I'm like, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> As uh, she does it her best Owen Wilson impression. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, so I'm of two minds about this. Yep. The one, it's admitting defeat. Basically, Lionsgate saying, like, hey, we're not even going to bother. Well, I mean, they already had Twilight and Hunger Games. Yeah, which were hits. Yep. Well, even though that last Hunger Games didn't do nearly as well as the previous ones. No. Um, I still but, haven't seen it. I mean, either, actually. Um, but, yeah. Um, but I do also think that maybe it's a good opportunity for it to find its uh, fan base. Because I feel like teenagers are not going to movies. Uh, they're watching television. Um, so, I mean, technically, they're not watching television either. But at least it's something that they don't have to leave their houses to do. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, it probably will do okay on TV. I would guess it's prob- they'll probably put it on MTV. Most likely. That seems or like the a CW. Fit. Like after that frickin' Shannara Chronicle thing, like it has done okay for them. Like yeah. I could see it on MTV. I could see it on CW. Yeah, that would be backup plan, I yep. feel. I think CW skews a little older now. Maybe. I think maybe you're thinking 90s WB um, when you think about that age bracket. No, no, because I'm thinking about, like, the 100, yeah. Arrow. See, I always just assume that stuff skews a little, like, a little older oh, than uh, teenage. When I think yeah. teenagers, I think MTV still. Maybe, yeah, maybe you're right, because they always do the world trailer premiere during the MTV Movie Awards and exactly. Music Awards and stuff. Exactly. See, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's a slightly different, slightly different bunch. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about MTV later, though. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, apparently they already have a director attached. Uh, Lee Toland Krieger, who directed Age of Adeline. Sure, okay. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, good luck, Lionsgate TV. You're gonna need it. Yep. Or Lionsgate Summit. You're gonna need it. Yep. Alright, now the, All right. best, uh, the best story this week. Alright. So, best story this week. Wrap it up, around, movies. Uh, wrap up movies. We're going to talk about Pokemon. Yeah, because Pokemon, as we've said in this podcast, is getting a movie. None of the Legendary Pictures has finally officially announced that they have the rights to this thing. But guess what movie it is? Uh, no, it is not dealing with any of the card <laughs> games. Nope. The video games. Nope. The anime. Nope. Or anything. Thing that has come out in the U.S. No main series Pokemon games. No, like, yeah, nothing that we would have known here unless you're a super fan, Pokemon super fan. They're making a movie based on... Drumroll. Oh, I felt good. <laughs> oh, uh, Detective Pikachu! So if you recall, about probably, I want to say, five or six months ago on this very podcast, we, we talked about a video game, a 3DS game called Detective Pikachu, actually, which was a Japanese our, release. Yeah. One of our uh, episodes was actually called Detective Pikaploof. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, yeah, long story short, Detective Pikachu is a 3DS game that was released only in Japan, um, and it was basically a... I guess, a mystery-solving game starring a Pikachu who, for some reason, has a human voice and speaks gruffly. Yes. And you probably... I know we talked about this because there was a... uh, Wait, hold on. I have a right here. Internet petition. Yes, you can call it an internet petition. Related to this. 
Yes, where they wanted Danny DeVito's voice to be the voice of Pikachu in the upcoming U.S. release of the game. Of course, none of that has happened. First of all, Nintendo hasn't even announced Detective Pikachu for the U.S. yet. Yes. Way back in uh, February 4th, yep. our sixth episode ever, <laughs> we talked about Detective Pikachu. And just before that, on episode 5, um, January 29th, we talked about uh, Pokemon being optioned for a movie. About the, or the possibility of it being optioned for a movie. And here we are with everything coming into a nice, tight little package for us. Um, so yeah, so there's no, still no announcement whether or not this game is coming to the U.S., but at least now we'll know there's going to be a movie about it. Yep. Um, so of course now, of course, the question you have to ask, will Danny DeVito be the voice of the character in the American release of this movie? It would be hilarious. It has to be, right? I mean, at this point, if you're Nintendo, if you're Legendary, do you get Danny DeVito? He's probably not that expensive. I don't know. He's, he's on been a, doing television for the last ten years. Actually, someone did a fan <laughs> version of uh, using the Detective Pikachu trailer yeah. and combined it with voiceovers <laughs> of Dan DeVito. Yeah. On it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. And it good. is hilarious. That sounds pretty good. And it looks good. So yeah, uh, so look forward to that. Uh, we'll know more, know more news about that in the future, yeah. I suppose. But yeah. Uh, Pokemon's hot right now, so uh, hopefully they get yep. this thing out sooner than later to strike when this is still exciting. Um, interesting about this bit is that top two contenders were Legendary and Netflix. Right. Uh, Legendary won out, I think, because one, they can get the distribution rights. Two, it will be in the movies. And three, it will get into China. I was because say... Legendary is, as we've reported, and I constantly remind you, is owned by the Wanda Group, which is a Chinese holding company. And I think that's important because Pokemon is one of those rare franchises that does pull, have pull pretty much in whatever country you go to. Yep. Um, as we're seeing right now with Go. So it's 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 a smart move. It's by a smart company who I think will hopefully do good to it. Well, um, let's see. What's the last time Nintendo made a feature-length movie? Uh, so the last... Uh, well, last Live action... The last theatrical released, so live action, you would have to go back to, uh, oh God, 1993 with the Super Mario Brothers movie. Right, and we saw what um, happened with that. That's a disaster. The last time a Nintendo franchise was in a theater was in 2005 the with Pokemon. Pokemon Heroes, which was the fifth Pokemon movie. Oh, with the Latios and Latios. Yes, that was the last theatrical released, uh, the second of the Miramax uh, run of the Pokemon movies, and yeah, uh, the the second time they tried a limited release instead of a um, a wide release, like the first three. That Four. was the last the three, the fourth oh. uh, Forever yeah. was a limited release. That was the first of the Miramax. Oh, okay. Four and five were were released theatrically, but limited, not wide. The only wide release Pokemon movies were one, two, and three. Okay. Yeah, because those were the Warner Brothers fronted ones. Right. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I hope that this works out. I have a feeling that Legendary had no choice in this matter. <laughs> that they uh, as they were making this deal. They knew going in that they were not going to have any control over anything that happens in the games, <laughs> in the anime, and they can't touch anything like that. Yeah. So their only other options were spinoffs of 
Pikachu, Detective Pikachu, or Pinball, or probably Mystery Dungeon. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a lot easier to do uh, something like this than as opposed to coming up with a completely original Pokemon in real life story, which would have been, would have been terrible. And so right. maybe it's a good thing that they didn't do that. Well, because where do you start? You, you would have to come up with, I guess, your own, kind of like Pokemon Go, you'd have to come up with an alternative version of the Pokemon mythos, basically. Right. Where the Pokemon are the same, but everything else you can kind of play around with. Like, exactly what Pokemon Go is doing right now. None of the mechanics in Pokemon Go are borrowed by any other Pokemon game. It is pretty much built the rest of it from the ground up. The only thing that is Pokemon is the creatures themselves and the catching of them. Yep. Everything else is different. And there is something called a gym. Other than that, yeah, everything is else is an original creation. So that's what they would have probably had to do. Yeah, it would have been hard, too, because where do you start? Yeah. I mean, do you start only in the Kanto uh, original 150? I think you do. Or, and do basically a read, a live-action version of the Origins uh, movie? Pokemon Origins? To a certain extent, maybe, if you wanted to use the canon characters right. from the television, or from do you, the game. Right, or do you create your own movie yeah. and start with all 750 Pokemon out there already? I mean, that's the conundrum with a video game movie of any type, is right. that... How strictly do you adhere to the video game? Uh, because you can't, as movies are such different animals, that you do have to keep in mind that what works in a video game story does not, is not, most of the time, does not work in a movie. I mean, obviously, Mario Brothers is the perfect example of this. Right. They had to come up with so much stuff that didn't make any sense and that was just super contrived because you can't make a movie about Mario. You can't. A side-scrolling plumber? Nope, can't do it. Who battled giant Yes, there's turtles. no story in yes. Mario Brothers beyond... Well, apparently there beyond is, but... Fight, beyond hopping on things, collecting coins, and saving the princess. That's literally all that happens in that game. Making Bowser fall down from a bridge. That's it. All right. All right. Yes, I see you scrolling. We need to talk. stop talking about movies and start talking about TV. And we'll get into the Emmys, but first, let's recap... The ESPYs. Yeah, so we watched the ESPY Awards on ESPN. Yes, as we were trying no, to rush out. on ABC. As we were trying to rush our last episode. Yes, so we watched um, those. Yeah. Um, Manly Man Tears, Manly the Man show. Tears were shed. Yes. It was definitely the LeBron show. It was. And Cleveland also... The Cle- it was the Cleveland show. Yes, it was the Cleveland show. <laughs> also, um, they went big on the gun violence this year. Or, more accurately, they went a little political. Yes. Which I'm glad they did. Yes, being the big sports figures that they are, and influential as they are in uh, not only young lives, but other youth and troubled youth. Like, I understand this is usually something that the SBs do, is that they do kind of uh, take the emotional stories and kind of really intersperse them in, in with the awards. Seems like a lot of the awards are tailored exactly for that to happen. Oh, yes, because they have three specific awards. Yeah. The Arthur Ashe Courage, mm-hmm. the Pat Tillman Award for military service and sports, and the Johnny V or the Jimmy V Perseverance Award. Right, but here's my question to you: This is the first time I've ever watched this. Did they go a little harder that, they that direction harder. this yes. year? Because it still, it, it sure sure felt that about sixty percent of the telecast was spent talking about real important issues. They definitely went harder this year. Yeah. Especially in the opening, when you had uh, yeah. the four NBA 
stars standing up there, specifically talking about not only black on black violence, but violence in general and gun violence and the need for change in America. And then it cuts into John Cena. Yeah. Or the SP's intro. Yeah. Um, I mean, totally a kind of a little bit of whiplash there, yeah. but I feel like it did work. Um, I mean, the stuff that I think that obviously, you know, they're, as you kind of touched on, they're influential figures and they're talking to a very specific audience. They're talking to young men mm-hmm. and young men are exactly the people who we need to focus this um, t- kind of con- uh, conversation on. And so I think that the, the SBs was, I think it's very important. That, that that's how they opened the show. Yep. They, they, they did it right. Yeah. And John Cena did an okay job. Yeah. He was funny. He was good. It's funny. He was good. Uh, I liked his opening monologue. He did well throughout. Um, yeah. The vast majority of it was pretty funny. Kind of petered out towards the end there. But yeah. I enjoyed most of it. Yeah. For you being a non-sports guy. Yeah. Yeah. I was able to get most of the jokes. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah. SPs. Well done. Good yeah. job. But yeah. too bad you're never going to win an Emmy. Yeah, so let's talk about these. <laughs> so, yeah, Emmy nominations came out last week uh, for the 2016 uh, ceremony. Yes, the Emmys still do kind of count. I feel like the amount of awards that award shows that still matter are dwindling. But I feel like the Emmys, I guess, after this year, uh, I think I can still say that they're relevant, unlike the Grammys, which are not. Yep. <laughs> so the Emmys will be aired on September 18th on ABC. However, we now have our nominations. All right, let's roll through them. Um, let's do the important ones All first. All right, Outstanding Drama Series. Yep. Uh, Last Game... year's winner was Game of Thrones, for reference. Uh, I believe it was Mr. Robot. No, Mr. Robot didn't win last year. I believe it did. Game of Thrones won last year. I believe Mr. Robot won in the episode. crazy? No. No. Because I remember the freaking giant Game of Thrones cast on the freaking stage. Yeah, you can look it up. But anyways, <laughs> Game of Thrones... Mr. Robot will be going up against each other again, one and two, followed by House of Cards, Downton Abbey. Yeah, better Game call Sal. Okay. <laughs> the, the, what did uh, Mr. Robot win? Nothing. Oh, <laughs> it was just nominated a whole lot. Yeah, I think it was just nominated. But yes, it, it was just nominated. Everyone was like, "What's this, Mr. Robot?" It just keeps getting all these nominations. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, The Americans and Homeland. Those are your outstanding drama series. What do you think takes it? Game of Thrones. This Game season Thrones. was. Awesome. I think I agree. I think yes, there's some heat on Mr. Robot right now. I don't think it'll last. I think House Cards has no no chance. Uh, Downton Abbey. I don't think they'll give it, even if it was its swan song. I don't think Better Call Saul uh, is living up to expectations. Nope. I think The Americans is the sleeper, like the internet favorite, but I yes. don't think it has a chance. And I think Homeland's time is over. So I think Game of Thrones yeah. is the winner here. As good as this past season of House Cards was, and as better as it's been in past seasons, still it still doesn't compare into the thrill ride that is Game of Thrones. I think Game of Thrones has the it has the most heat, it has yep. the most attention right now. It has now. the better And episodes. it has the quality. I think yep. you're right. I think the quality I mean I didn't watch it, but from what I understand from the people who are obsessed with it, that the last couple episodes of the season were one of some of the best that's ever been. So uh, yes. yes. I believe I've said that to you several times. I think it, if it won last year it can win again this time. Yep. Uh, outstanding comedy series. We have Veep. Last year's winner. Transparent. Mo- the previous year's winner. Yep. Modern Family. The, the previous, previous six previous. years winner. Yes. <laughs> Newcomer Blackish. Okay. Silicon Valley. A breakable Kimmy Schmidt and Master of None. So, of course, the highlight here, Master of None getting a nod. Yep. Uh, congrats to Aziz and his team. 
However, he has zero chance of winning here. Um, they will give this to Veep again. Even though we haven't been watching? Even though we have not been watching, I think they will give it to Veep again. I think uh, it's currently the favorite critically out of this list. I think Transparent kind of fell off uh, fell off the last season. Um, I think Modern Family has already won too many times. Um, I think Blackish, even though I think Blackish might be your, your upset winner. I think they might give it to Blackish. I think ABC has been um, kind of snubbed uh, yes. besides Modern Family over the last 10 years. It'd be interesting to see Blackish be a success for them, but I don't know if it can beat Veep. Well, when they were doing. Did, wasn't you who told me that? That uh, when we were watching uh, the SBs, they said all their uh, SB are. Yeah, I and mean, they kept Blackish for the end. Yes. Because it's, they knew, it's like almost as if ABC knows that that's their only real chance. Right. It's like, we know you all like this, so hopefully we'll win. And yeah, obviously, I, I think Silicon Valley, even though... I like it, you Even though like I think it. that it's, it, a lot of people do like that show, I yes. just don't think, I don't think it's, uh, especially in its kind of still in its infancy, I don't think it has a chance. Um, no, I, if it has any chance of winning, it will be next year, assuming the writing is good. Mm-hmm. This season for Silicon Valley was just on par with last season. Yeah. And as much as I like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, um, it's fighting some uh, very, very strong opponents here. Yep. I don't think it has a chance. I don't think so. So, yeah, as much as I – yeah, I think my personal winner here, of course, is Master of None. But it's going to get tra- tra- trounced by Veep. Yep. I think, yeah, you're going to see both uh, drama and comedy uh, as the same as they were last year. All right. You want to quickly go through uh, actors? Sure, yeah. Actresses? Yeah. All right. Kim Spacey, House Cards – Rami Malek, Mr. Robot, uh, yeah. Bob Odenkirk, Better Call Saul, yeah. Leah Shriver, Ray Donovan, Kyle Chandler of uh, Netflix's Bloodline, and Matthew Reyes of The American. I feel like this is tough, but I think if Better Call Saul is going to win anything, it's going to be Bob Odenkirk. I feel if Mr. Robot's going to win anything, it's going to be Rami Malek. Really? Yes. Over over the upset in drama, which it w- would be the most likely to do the upset in yes. drama. Okay. Yes. All right. I didn't know he was that good in that show, but... Well, apparently he's the main character who carries the show. Okay. So yes. that figures, then. That figures. Uh, I saw the actress in a drama series. Hey, Robin. it's just in. Hillary Clinton needs me. I need you. <laughs> uh, be careful. <laughs> what? Are you going to make an email joke? I was going to make an email I'm joke. I'm going to stop you now. <laughs> All right. Um, a drama actress, or female actor, you could say. Um... <laughs> Yes, they're female actors. Uh, if you ask SAG. Yep, they are an actor. <laughs> yes. Uh, Robin Wright, House of Cards, well-deserved. Probably will win. Viola Davis, How to Get Away with Murder. Has won before. Tatiana Mals- Maslany, Orphan-, Orphan Black. Probably has no chance. Claire Danes, Homeland. Has won already. Taraji B. Henson, Taraji B. Henson, who won last year. Won last year. And Carrie Russell. Who of is Carrie Amer- Russell? The Americans. <laughs> um, so... I mean, I think that, yeah, I think that we're probably, the two of us at least are in agreements, agreements that Robin Wright probably deserves it this year. Yes. She will not probably get it um, as much as I think that she probably should. Yep. Um, I could see Taraji P. Henson repeating here. Okay. Uh, uh, unless they... Well, unless they go back to Viola Davis. Which is possible. Yeah. I think this is one of the, one of the, the more question, like, in, it could go a couple different ways. Right. This category. Uh, comedy actor. Comedy actor. Jeffrey Tambor. Who could repeat? 
Again, I think he won the last two years, I think. Two years ago. Was it just two years ago? Yeah, because last year was the um, Mozart of the Jungle guy. Oh, right. <laughs> I totally forgot that happened. Yep, that happened. Uh, Anthony Anderson getting his nominee for Blackish. Will Forte, again, nominated. Jeffrey Tambor did win last year. He did win last year? Yeah. No. Yes. <laughs> no, the, what yes. did that guy win? Are you sure? Then what did the other guy win? I'll get there. Anyways, keep going. Yeah, because Aziz Ansari for Master of None. He was dominated. He was reading the book, uh, How to Graciously Lose Jeffrey Tambor, and they both lost to the other guy. I thought. Oh, well. Anyways, <laughs> uh, other actors. Thomas Millich, Middle Ditch uh, for Silicon Valley. Say what, what the and hell William H. Say? And William H. Macy for Shameless. Okay. Uh, I think this one... I don't... Th I mean, as good as Master of None is, I don't think Aziz Ansari is the reason why that show works. It's the writing. Yep. He's good in it, but I don't think he's outstanding comedy actor good. Um, I... Even though Will Forte is, carries The Last Man on Earth, I don't think he's going to win for it. I don't think uh, any of the performances in Silicon Valley are that notable. Um, I think William H. Macy is William H. Macy. So he has a chance there. I think Anthony Anderson might be the surprise winner here. Okay. Because, if they again, if they give Blackish something, which I'm sure they will come out with something. You feel like it should. They might give it to Anthony Anderson uh, upset against Jeff Tambor here. Okay. That's my guess. Also, you're thinking of the Golden Globes. Yes, I am thinking of the Golden Globes. That's what that's, it is. That's where the other guy won. That's what it is. Yeah, okay. it wasn't the end of yes. the Golden Globes. All right. And outstanding comedy actress, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Veep. Amy Schumer, for Inside Amy Schumer. Okay. Ellie Kemper, Kimmy Schmidt. Laurie Metcalf, Getting On. Tracy Ellis Ross, for Blackish. And Lily Tomlin, Grace and Frankie, the Netflix show. This is either Julia Louis-Dreyfus again, or this is Lily Tomlin. Really? Lily Tomlin? I think, I think, uh, so yeah, that Grace and Frankie show has a lot of heat on it. Um, a lot of people like that thing. Okay. Um, I don't think the other, uh, competitors here, even though obviously, yeah, Amy Schumer and Ellie Kemper, I, I appreciate both of them. Yep. I just don't think that they have a chance against Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Okay. <laughs> and... Finally, Outstanding Limited Series. We don't even need to talk about this because it's going to be The People versus O.J. Simpson. Yes, it will be. Because there's no way it, it will lose to Fargo, American Crime, Roots, or The Night Manager. Nope. Because there's been just so much talk about that thing. It'll also sweep all the uh, other categories regarding yes, the, Limited Series. Yes, the supporting Limited Series. All the actors will win. Yep. Uh, let see if I can pull Unless they're against here. each other. Uh, actually, some of them are. Yeah, I know. That's why I said that. Yes. Because outstanding actor in a limited series, we have Cuba Gooding Jr. Yep. As Kaz OJ. Sure. But winner will be Courtney, Courtney B. Vance, B. Vance will for win. Johnny Cochran. Yep. Yeah. And uh, outstanding female in the limited series will be uh, Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson as yep. Marsha Clark. Yeah. Outstanding lead actor in uh, that's comedy. Yeah, it's. Where's the rest uh, of this? Limited series. I'm looking for limited series. Did you skip it? I don't know. One more. Drama. One more. Did you skip it? No. Whatever. Anyways. I didn't skip it. <laughs> <laughs> One more. 
Yeah. No, yeah. I think on there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh, Peel getting the nod. Yeah, uh, I guess since we kind of didn't want to go over all the things, but I just want to briefly mention a couple of snubs that yeah. were pretty well discussed. Um, the first time in 15 years, The Daily Show was not nominated in the variety categories. Yes. This includes both Outstanding Variety, Directing, and Writing. Um, also notable... Stephen Colbert's Late Show with Stephen Colbert also got shut out in those categories as well. Yeah, that one was a surprise. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I think both have the same kind of uh, vibe to it, which was just the narrative about both of those shows has just gotten more and more negative as they've continued. I think the post-John Stewart Daily Show, I think they are doing some interesting things on it. But it is not the same show, and I think the problem is, is a lot of people assumed it would be, or at least hoped it would be. But the fact is, is that when you have something that is so personality driven, as in a talk show, it's gonna guaranteed have a different vibe if you take over with somebody else. Speaking of Stephen Colbert, if you're not watching this week with the uh, the NRC going on, RNC, you, RNC, you <laughs> definitely should be watching. Is yes, some of the top notch, top notch that he's done since his. Opening week. So, yeah, I mean, I, and I think a lot, uh, somewhat, I mean, even if this was planned months ago, I think somewhat this is a response to exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Is people have been kind of giving him a hard, uh, like a tough rap in the last couple months. And I think this is Stephen Colbert saying, like, hey, no, I'm still Stephen, Stephen Colbert. You know, I'm going to try to kind of recapture some of that energy. Because I think, yeah, there's something, there's something missing there between the what he did on Comedy Central and now. Um, that he's trying to get back. Yep. Mostly an audience. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and Emmy nominations. Yeah, and Emmy noms. Uh, outstanding supporting actor in limited series. Three people from American Crown Story. Yep. Sterling K. Brown has Christopher Darden. John Travolta nominated <laughs> as Robert Shapiro. Shapiro. And David Schwimmer as the Kardashian. <laughs> All right, so it can't be John Travolta. So who of the other two is it going to be? It's got to be Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, it has to be, right? Yeah, he's part of the defense team. David Schwimmer kind of yeah. sleeps through the whole thing. Yeah. John Travolta, I don't know what he's doing, but he's definitely not um, a human. <laughs> <laughs> not a human? <laughs> but, yeah. Yes, and uh, no supporting actress in the limited series. But I want to go to drama. You know Sarah Paulson again, but for a different thing. Yes. <laughs> Do you think uh, Sarah Paulson wins both? Maybe. <laughs> That'd be great. So, yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much all pretty we much probably all need to talk about. Um, yeah. So, yeah, check that out in September. We'll see if our, our predictions uh, hold any weight when we get there. Assuming they do, assuming they don't. We'll see. Variety Sketch Series. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about yes. this, but... But Documentary Now on IFC gets its yeah, mom. Yeah, it's all right. Not Pretty great, but it's all right. John Kistry, inside Amy Schumer, yep. Key and Peele, yep. Portlandia, and SNL. So the one that deserves it here is Key and Peele. I think the interesting one would be Amy Schumer. Yes. Because I think Amy Schumer's doing some really... Did some really crazy things in the last couple seasons of that show. I think she's definitely kind of trying to be as, be as interesting and creative as possible. But it's just, I don't know if anyone is watching but me. And yeah, I think uh, last week tonight we'll take uh, the, the writing. variety, hopefully. Hopefully we'll take the variety, hopefully we'll take the act, uh, writing as well. Even though I've heard very, very good things about uh, Samantha Bee's show. Yes, for talk series. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I should eventually give that a try. 
because yeah, uh, people are saying that that is the thing right now, um, and that it's the thing the da- the Daily Show should be. Is right. basically what people are saying about that. So we'll see. And let's move on with yeah, other TV news. Not about the Emmys anymore. Yeah, we can talk about the Emmys for a while. Okay. But actually, we do have to talk about the Emmys. Okay. One last thing. Um, today, actually, the Emmys have uh, to go back on a nomination. Uh, Peter, what's his last name? McNally? McNall. McNichol? Peter McNichol. <laughs> okay. Um, upon review of the category, we've determined that Peter McNall... A fortune that exceeds the number of episodes permission permissible for his inclusion. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's is a this is a rule? This for, is a rule. For what? Uh he was <laughs> in a comedy guest actor. Oh, and you can't be an over guest actor for too many or else they over shut you 50% down. 50% of the series. Wow. Yes. Cuz that doesn't qualify as guest. Right. That makes sense. Here's well, the thing though. Veep was only on for 10 episodes. Uh-huh. He was in five, five of, them, of the... Which yes. qualifies for 50%. Yes. Okay. So apparently that 50% <laughs> is 50 over. I think it's fair. Yeah. Uh, so uh, who... Uh, yeah, I guess... They will... Uh, apparently they will um, announce a new nominee. Okay. Or they might just leave it blank. Uh, do you think they give it to, uh, to Larry David? Oh, for oh yeah, between else? <laughs> I think they might. Uh, I don't know. I like Martin Mull in Veep, though. Martin Mull is Martin Mull, so yes. yeah, there's that. Tracy Morgan was pretty good though when he hosted uh, SNL. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. That's it's a tough, tough category. One. Yeah. Even though Bob Newhart would probably win because of the because Emmys. Bob Newhart. Also, the Emmys have a freaking hard on for CBS. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, uh, apparently to be a guest actor, you have to be under fifty percent in the series. Now I know. That's interesting. Oh, sorry, 50% of the episodes. Right, yeah. So even though you can make an appearance and for like a minute, of like mm. a walk-by, you're still technically in the in episode yeah, and it counts. In the cast, yeah. Yep, and that's what you as a cast member for that episode. All right, interesting. All right, move on. Moving on. Um, there should be a new Netflix show. Okay. Called Disjointed. Okay. Take any guess at what that could mean. Uh, disjointed. It's either a uh, comedy... Um, about um, a dysfunctional family, or it's some marijuana joke. How about both? Of course, it's both. Don't tell me this is. Uh, just a second, let me close my eyes here. Is Chuck Lorre involved? Yes, he is. Oh God. Okay, this is my worst nightmare revealed. What is this? This is a Kathy Bates starring Chuck Lorre comedy, where she is the mom who finally lives her dream. Of running a marijuana dispensary uh, in L.A. Uh, with her two sons. Uh, I don't... 20 need... episodes all on Netflix. 20 episodes. Almost like he tried to sell this to a network and failed. Because marijuana. But... And it seems like Netflix would be the only ones who would pick it up. Almost like... Besides C- Amazon or Hulu. Almost like some CBS exec said, come on, Chuck. You know we love you, but we can't air this. <laughs> he's like, and he's like, I already got this in the can. We can't air this. We cannot promote marijuana we cannot, use. We are CBS. 78-year-olds watch us. 
Anyways. <laughs> well, this is probably the fastest I've ever determined I'm not going to watch something. So congratulations, yes. Apparently, Chuck Lorre pitched it as Big Bang Theory meets Two and a Half Men set in a marijuana dispensary. That is the most disgusting sentence I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, count me out. Okay, move on. All right, moving on. Let's go back to Star Trek. Wrap this thing back around. Sure, yes. Full circle. Full circle. Warp speed. Um, Star Trek will air its new series internationally. Okay. On Netflix. Okay. Sounds about right. Not the CBS Access. That sounds good. On Netflix in 127 countries. Okay. Just not us. Just not the U.S. or Canada. Yep, because that's where they want to make them. Because one, U.S. is where it's going to be shown. Uh-huh. And two, it's actually being shot in Canada, Vancouver. Sure. So, of course, they're not going to show it. Okay. <laughs> yep. Um, however, they will be available 24 hours after the U.S. debut, so we still will get first episodes first. Sure. Okay. And this will actually be a new thing for Netflix where they air it on a weekly episode. Right, which is something, obviously, Hulu has had an advantage doing. Um, but from what I understand is Netflix is just now, like just in the last couple of months, getting into this. Yes. Yeah. Normally with Netflix, it's you get the whole season right up front. Right. But I, I do I know that they've been experimenting with some kid shows doing the weekly rollout. Yep. So this doesn't surprise me that they're going to try to do this again. Yep. Yeah. Ad- additionally, all 727 existing episodes, yes, that is a trivia fact, there's 727 episodes of Star Trek out there. Wow. Um, from the iconic Star Trek uh, television library. All right. Will be included in the Netflix. I'm blocking your screen. I'm going to try to name every single Star Trek series. Okay, there's one, two, three, four, five. Okay, I think I can do it. Star Trek, the original series. Yes. Star Trek, the next generation. Yes. Star Trek Voyager. Yes. Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yes. And Star Trek Enterprise. Ding, ding, ding. Did it. Because my dad watched every single one. You should thank your dad for that. (laughs) Yep. My mom Uh, actually really liked Voyager. We will... uh, (laughs) All 727 episodes will be available uh, around the world in all 127 countries Okay. Uh, by the end of this year. So cool. they could do monthly rollouts of each season or just all at once as a Christmas gift. I think that they're probably just going to do it all at once. Yeah, I feel like they'll do it all at once. I mean, this is very, very smart. Yep. I think that that's a show that... Um, a lot of people would want to binge. And so being able to finally binge all of it, literally all of it, is going to make a lot of people happy. I think this is also a good trade-off for the Doctor Who that they lost earlier this yes, year. Yes, yes. I think there's some crossover there. But yeah, I think for like at least a more of a, a wide American audience, I think more people care about Star Trek. Yes. So this is probably a good move. Yep. Cool. I'll tell my dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also with Netflix, um, in addition to their six Emmy nominations... Uh, there will be new episodes of Making a Murderer. Yeah, of course there will. Yep, there will be a season two, which will uh, continue with the Stephen Avery trial, and a more in-depth look at the high-stakes post-conviction process. Okay. As well as the emotional toll it takes on everyone involved. All right, that could be okay. Yeah. We'll see. I assume there's a lot of footage of it, so... Although Netflix season twos have been notorious for not being that great, so we'll see. Yeah, it seems like they, <laughs> they used a lot of it in the first, so... You're just seeing how a second trial... It's like or... almost like the, the uh, Netflix equivalent of a director going doing the stretch motion <laughs> behind behind the, the cue cards. Yeah. Just going like this over and over again. <laughs> right, but, you know, if they're going to make a separate trial, they have to follow it from the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah. 
We will see. We'll see about that. And let's go... Okay, let's keep moving on, and let's talk about um, MTV. Okay. Or rather, what will be MTV. What? <laughs> uh, VH1 Classic. Okay. Will no longer be VH1 Classic. As of August 1st, on the 30th an- 35th anniversary of MTV, okay. VH1 Classic, at the stroke of midnight, will transition into MTV Classic. Okay. Wherein, cool. they will start airing classic MTV shows. Oh. You said shows. Yes. And music videos. Okay, there we go. And, was, and programming. I really, really thought this was going to be the thing that we thought they were going to do a few months ago. Or a year ago? Oh, God. When did they do the... Just the... Well, what, what holiday was it that they did the, all the, the whole day of music videos? Was that last July 4th? I believe that was last July 4th. Yeah. I remember after that happened, I remember we, were, we weren't recording the podcast yet at this point, but I remember we talked about it and like, man, this is going to show them like this is still in, in need. Like that, some, that, we, that collectively we still need a, sh- a channel out there that's just doing music videos. And I thought for sure that was going to be the thing that does it. But now the perfect opportunity for them to do it and they still don't do it. Well, they're going to do uh, sets of, like, Unplugged and stuff. And sure, okay. Older stuff. Let me know if they do... The classics. Um, yeah, let, let, me do, let me know if they do... Uh, what was that show called? Um, Making the Band. God, no. <laughs> O-Town! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the less O-Town I see is the best oh, O-Town. Oh, oh, O-Town! What was that show called? It's magic. Oh, whatever. Anyways, let's move on. Anyways. Uh, that's cool, though. Um, Branding-wise, I think it's smart. Uh, I think VH1 probably doesn't have the key cachet that it does, uh, that it did back when they probably launched VH1 Classic. Yeah. Also, I think VH1 has become just reality shows anyways. Right. So it makes more sense for a sh- music-centered television show, or television uh, channel, to be called MTV as opposed to VH1 at this point. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yep. Also, yeah, the name VH1 the VH stands for Video Hits. That doesn't make any sense anymore. Just putting that up. Video Hits 1? I actually, uh, I wonder if this is the first step of just getting rid of the VH1 brand altogether and just renaming that thing. Maybe. I think that that's probably what they should do. But, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, maybe. Um, do you want to talk about uh, Fox News and Roger Ailes? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple. Okay. Roger Ailes will be leaving head, uh, as head of Fox News Corp. Because he's a freaking sn- scumbag. Yep. <laughs> uh, lawsuits, and yep. you can read up on this, but Fox uh, Fox News Corp will have a new head in charge soon. So, yeah, uh, look forward to probably nothing changing. Yep. <laughs> because Especially, ratings. Yep, because ratings. And finally, uh, remember how I talked about Legendary TV? Yeah, tell me about Legendary thing? TV. Yeah. So... Legendary TV, actually. No, what are we talking about? Lionsgate TV. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Legendary also has a TV. Yeah. Legendary also has a TV division. Okay. And they will be uh, developing a... The mother of all Lovecraft projects, as they put it. Okay. As in HP Lovecraft. Yes, that one. Yes. Uh, It will be in... (laughs) Not my boat. No. It will be in... The SS Lovecraft. Uh, that's what I call my bed. 
They will make an anthology series, because that's what's hot right now. Always. That will include characters, location, and storylines from 16 of HP Lovecraft's most popular tales, right. including... Who, who plays Cthulhu? Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> the Shadow Over Innsmouth. Innsmouth. And the Dunwich Horror. And many more. Yeah, but really Cthulhu, though. Yeah. Who's Cthulhu? Jamie Heineman. Gary Busey. Oh. Wait. <laughs> Where are you going with this? I'm going with the mustache. Okay. Fair enough. Yes. But, 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 Tom Selleck. Gary, but, but, but Gary Busey. Gary Busey. Gary Busey. I'm just going to keep saying Gary Busey. Steven Seagal. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that'd be pretty funny. John Cena. John Cena. <laughs> versus Kulu. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, let's move on to the next segment. All right. Uh, next segment what is... What got renewed? Black Sails got renewed on Stars. The one show anybody watches on Stars. Actually, no, it did not get renewed. It got canceled. Oh, it did? Okay. Well, it's interesting because <laughs> Black Sails is getting canceled, or rather will be canceled. Okay, after... After season four. Got it. Which, which will air next aired. year. Okay. So, for those of you who enjoy Box, Black Sails... All five of you. Next year will be season four, the finale. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones has officially announced that it's season seven. will only have seven episodes and air in the summer of 2017. And yes, that's a lot of S's. <laughs> yes. S it is. Yes, it is. And lastly... Um, Law and Order, True Crime, will be an anthology series, um, based off, spinning off of Law and Order. It'll be eight episodes, uh, and the first season will present a fictionalized look of the Mendez Brothers' murder trial. Wow, so basically, Law and Order is trying to get a piece of this pie. Yes, a piece of this wow. anthology series pie. I can't believe, I can't believe it. So instead of a cheesy drama, it'll be an actual, like, at least an attempt at an actual story here. A real-life thing. Right, where it's not everything wow. solved in one hour. Wow. Okay, alright. Yep. I mean, hey, True Crime ain't coming back. Or yeah. True Detective. Yeah. Well, I mean, even True Detective is something else completely, but... Yep. Alright. Alright. And uh, now we get sad into stuff. our... The sad stuff. So... I'm going to go with the first one, uh, Matilda Rappaport. Okay. You probably don't know who this is, but she is a professional skier. Okay. Definitely a headliner of the X Games and one of the U.S. I want to say she was uh, part of the U.S. team for the Olympics in Sochi. Okay. 30 years old. Yep. Died. Ugh. Now... What's more interesting is why and how she died. Okay. Because she died while shooting a promotional material for Ubisoft's upcoming game, Steep. Oh. Yeah. Whoa. Via an avalanche while they were uh, doing oh shoots God. in Chile. Whoa. Yeah. So, wow. So Ubisoft's out there shooting B-roll for this freaking skiing game. Yep. And an actual avalanche happens. Yes. She gets super hurt and she can't recover? 
Yep. Oh, that's dark. Me. Yeah. That's puts Ubisoft in a really awkward position with this game. Yep. Because I bet they were probably kind of hoping that she'd be kind of the star athlete. Or one of. Probably. Yeah. Wow. That sucks. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot of extreme athletes out there that no. you would know by name. Not skiers, especially. Yeah. Wow, that's depressing. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess, uh, uh, yeah. Hopes, uh, hope our family is doing okay. Friends and family are doing all right. Uh, yeah, that's very sad news. Um, yep. And, and so is the next one. Yep, probably even sadder. Gary Marshall, 81. So, famous director Gary Marshall... Um, known for uh, Pretty Woman, yeah. The Princess Diaries, yeah, and some iconic sitcoms such yeah. as Happy Days, The Odd Couple, the original The Odd Couple, not yep. the new one, yeah, Laverne and Shirley, and Mork and Mindy, and all those yeah. other uh, and TV shows your parents grew up on. And more recently, um, he pretty much directed movies all the way up until uh, he passed. I mean, he was doing the um, some yep. uh, more recent uh, romantic comedies uh, as well. Uh, he has very long stories. Yes, he was uh, recently comedies. doing the uh, Valentine's Day yep. movies. Those were his. The uh, New New Year's Eve. New Year's movie. Eve, uh, and the one that just came out uh, earlier this year. Labor Day. Uh, Labor Day. Wait, no, no not, uh, Labor. not Labor Day. Uh, the other one. Arbor Day. Ar- no, it's not Arbor Day. What's the name of that movie? Um, Valentine's Day. No, the one that came out this year. The one that came out this year? Yeah, wasn't there? Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Oh, yeah, Mother's Day. <laughs> Anyways, but Anyways, yeah, yeah. Writer, famous writer and director, um, storied career. Um, yeah, uh, very, uh, from what I understand, a very kind, gentle guy, really easy to work with. Um, all the actors that apparently ever worked with him really appreciated uh, his work. Sure, his, uh, uh, the last few things he worked on may not be the best in his career, um, especially the, the the trilogy we re- just referenced. Not exactly firing on um, all cylinders, those movies, but he kept working. He worked all the way into the end. So, yeah, uh, definitely uh, Hollywood lost one of its uh, greats. Yep. Very sad. All right. Are we uh, done talking about sad stuff? Yep. Well, let's talk about even sadder stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, my Chemical Romance and Music. This is very sad. This is very sad. Um, so, this band broke up in 2013. And everyone was mortified because they were at the height of their career. Uh. Okay, they're at the end of their career. I was going to say, that's not true at all, but okay. So, My Chemical Romance, you know, um, they sing that one song, Welcome to the Black Parade. Sure. I'm sure you've heard it at karaoke plenty of times. That's them. Yep. You've um, probably heard it playing in a Hot Topic at a mall. Yep, that too. <laughs> probably seen uh, some of their t-shirts. Yeah. Uh, MCR. Yeah. Um, well, this past week, they changed their Facebook logo. Okay. And everyone freaked the fuck out. <laughs> sure, as, as the internet <laughs> as does. As the internet does. Like, oh my god, are they getting back together? Is this a new tour? Or is this a new album? What's going on? And it was only uh, later to be revealed... Um, Quote, we are not touring. There is no reunion planned. <laughs> Only a release for the anniversary of the Black Parade, which is ten years ago. Basically, shut up, everyone. Stop filling our ty- our uh, news feeds with things that are not happening. Yes. It's basically, <laughs> shut up. We're only doing a ten-year anniversary re-release of the Black Parade. 
That's it. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's smart for them to get out in front of it and just basically shut it down. Instead of what a lot of bands do, which is just like, I don't know, are we? Are we? And then nothing happens. Right. So. Or they do it and just to see how much buzz there is about it. Yeah. See if it's worth getting back together. But apparently these guys are going to stay broken up. Yep. Yep. Smart. But uh, what will be a new album will okay. be Wilco's new album. Yep. Now, I don't listen to Wilco. No. I only put this up here because their name of the new, of Wilco's <laughs> new album is Schmilco. Yep. Wilco's Schmilco. Yep. I can't wait for that headline. <laughs> That's the only reason this is in this is because... Wilco, that, comma, Schmilco. Yes. That would be great. Wilco, Schmilco. Or Schmilco, comma, by Wilco. Yep. <laughs> and lastly, in music news, we'll get yes. to um, billboards. I have already. Uh, the Beatles are back uh, at it. Uh, they plan to re-release, or rather the last two, or whoever currently controls the Beatles estate, uh, plans to re-release or release a remastered live album live at the Hollywood Bowl. First on CD. Okay. On September 9th. Will not be digital. It will be a CD release first. Okay. And it will coincide with Ron Howard's documentary, Eight Days a Week, The Touring Years. That sounds all right. Yeah. I'd watch a Beatles uh, documentary by uh, Ron Howard. Yeah. I'd watch that. Cool. Yep. Okay, cool. So, yeah, there's a new Beatles documentary coming out as well as a new album. Well, recorded album. Recorded, yeah. How, okay, Matt... Yes. How well can this be? Because <laughs> weren't all their fans screaming and yelling <laughs> during the recording? I mean, it depends on how much uh, recording equipment was rigged up there uh, and how good the mics were. Yeah. Uh, so I think you'll probably hear a, uh, definitely at least partially some roaring fans, but uh, hopefully they'll also have recorded the music. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, it's being remastered, supposedly, so. Yep. We'll see. We'll okay, see. Uh, so I'm going to jump into Billboard. I'm not going to do the Hot 100 uh, Top 5. It has not moved, or, like, there's a little bit of a move. See ya, uh, moved up. Yep, just uh, one thing. But, yeah, your number one song in the country is still One Dance by Drake. Um, speaking of Drake, Drake moves back up on the Billboard 200 albums list, back to number one, where he has uh, been for the most part, uh, the, for the most of anyone this year yep. Um, so far. Uh, yep, California, unfortunately. Drops to number three. In three. its second week. Number three in its second week. What's number two? Number two is your brand new debut this week, um, Blank Face LP by Schoolboy Q. Who Boy, the hell is Schoolboy Q? Schoolboy Q is a rapper who is signed to Top Dog Entertainment, who you may know as the record label that houses Kendrick Lamar. So this uh, is Kendrick Lamar's doing then. Uh, I mean, he probably had some help in the promotion. Okay. But yes, yeah, so Schoolboy Q's album debuts at number two. Um, uh, we have a bit of a movement. Uh, Blurry Face by 21 Pilots drops, uh, rises from 5 to 4, and Hamilton gets back into the top 5 at number 5. Um, I'm looking for other, real quick, uh, new releases. A Switchfoot album debuted at number 10 this week, Where the Light Shines Through. Uh, as This Is Acting is now is actually higher than it has been the previous weeks, number 12. Um, so hopefully that'll get in the top 10 next week. I mean, that Cheap Thrills song is still everywhere. It is. Cheap Thrills is probably the, the reason why that's uh, rising right now. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, not seeing a whole lot else here. So, yeah. Uh, back next week for more. Yep. 
Okay, video games. Oh, also, lastly, yes. in music news, uh, for those of you oh, of interest... I just realized something we skipped to. Okay, I know. What are you going to say? Um, the iHeart Music Festival that had, takes place in Las Vegas will announce their lineup on Monday. So look forward to that. Okay. Because um, I'm probably going to go. Okay. I don't know who's playing, but I'm going to go. <laughs> also, I already bought my ticket for Stagecoach next year. Of course you did. <laughs> I know. I saw Kristen the other day saying that. Yep. Uh, well, because they were, like, pre-sale extra right. cheap. So we're like, no, what? do it. Oh, we're going to go anyways. Might as well just buy the tickets there now. There you go. All right. Well, one real brief story. Hopefully I won't spend too much time on this because I know this is a long show already. Uh, and we have not eaten dinner. I'm freaking hungry. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Um, Follow-up from last week about the Kanye West famous lyric I mentioned Taylor Swift. Last week we had mentioned that Kim was able to prove via video on her Snapchat um, that they did get Taylor Swift's approval for the line in question where Kanye refers to Taylor as they mate, um, they might still have sex and that he made that be famous. Um, and Taylor then immediately uh, went out into social media saying that no, she agreed to the first part of the verse but did not agree to the second part calling her a B word. Um, then continued on to say that uh, she could not take legal action with it because apparently she was aware that uh, there were other people in the room and that they, and she had been briefed that they were be, they, they were recording that conversation. So she basically can't say, hey, you didn't tell me you were recording this. So she has basically no legal grounds to sue. Um, that being said, the Twitter sphere went aflame after this uh, business happened uh, with most people kind of trashing on Taylor, basically accusing her of lying. Even though Taylor is correct in her statement that she only agreed to the first part. Kanye only played the uh, for her, or rapped, I guess you could say, the part where she, uh, about the line about them still having sex and uh, did not mention the second part. So, yeah, and so I'm of two minds about this. I think in Taylor's defense, uh, she was not briefed on the entirety of, of all the content. In Kanye's defense, he did his due diligence by even calling her and asking her if it was okay. Um, but, yeah. And uh, I think in everyone's defense, this is all going to be blown over. <laughs> the song is not a hit. We will not be hearing it everywhere, and everyone will forget about it. Yes, but at the same time, though, I think it's interesting to the extent that this is the this year is the first time that we finally see the, you know, the un, unmistake, like the, the juggernaut of Taylor Swift kind of being taken down a little bit. Right now, the general view of Taylor is not as positive as it has been, especially after the 1989 tour and all that business. I think right now it is not a good time to be Taylor, um, and hopefully, yeah, we're going to figure out as a society whether we like her or not anymore. Um, it'll be interesting uh, next couple of months to watch. All right, we're going to quickly go through the games because my yeah. battery is the dying. battery is dying. It never so, happened. All right, so first up in game, South Park. Uh Fractured butthole. The fractured butthole. Yes. Yes. Amazon will be selling an exclusive bundle that will include not only a season pass, steelbook cover, but also an RC Coonmobile, which is Cartman's superhero character, riding the coon. This will only be available on Amazon. I have, I'm not going to go into it, but I have serious problems about that character. Keep going. Yep. Um, <laughs> and uh, second in... Uh, Nintendo or in games, Nintendo <laughs> has decided to re-release or release rather yep. a miniature version of the NES There's console. There's a very very tiny Nintendo you can buy that will play thirty games. Yep, 
they're not games. going to name those games now, but they're games that you will probably like and care for. Yep. Trans- they come pre-installed. This will be in November. It will be HDMI. Yep. And also include a controller designed to work just like the iconic rectangular NES gamepad. I do want to know real quick, if you have Wii controllers, such as the Classic Controller and the Classic Controller Pro, they will also be compatible with this thing because it will be the same controller port. Yep. And a new mini console will also feature multiple suspendable Suspend points so that way you don't have to fumble around with passwords. Yes, thank or, God. Because um, they do this right now on the 3DS with yeah, virtual, with the virtual, with virtual console. consoles. It's the same kind of idea. Same thing where you can pause it anywhere and immediately save it and it will save that flash of screen. Yeah. And you can just pick it up right, right where you left off, which word, is great. Word on the street is that thing is basically just a 3DS chip. Basically. <laughs> I would assume so. However, this 3DS chip will cost you on November 11th 60 bucks. 60 bucks. And 9.99 for an extra controller. Yep. So if you want to play two player, you'd have to get uh, the second controller. Yep. And lastly, let's talk about Pokémon because we didn't really talk about it last week. That's fine. We don't really need to talk about it. Uh, we know you're playing it. We know you like it. Yep. Um, don't get hit by a car. However, don't get shot in Florida. Actually, speaking of getting hit by a car, on the radio this morning, I heard a announcement, basically a PSI saying, "Yep." We don't know you're playing Pokemon Go. Just be aware of your surroundings. Yep. Smart. It was funny to hear that on the radio because they specifically mentioned Pokemon Go in an ad. Yep. I believe it. Yep. It's getting to that point. Um, I, I heard on... Uh, this is a rumor, but I heard it this morning that apparently uh, some uh, analysts are suggesting that Niantic might be looking into other, other uh, franchises uh, to spin this idea into. The most prominent of which might be Game of Thrones. So do not be surprised if by the end of this year you hear some sort of rumblings about a Game of Thrones AR game, similar to Pokemon. VR game. AR. Oh yeah, yeah. Augmented reality. Augmented reality. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, virtual reality. Keep your eyes out for that. That sounds like a thing that will probably happen. Probably. I mean, they've shown it's a proven concept, but then again, yep. Pokemon is about as big as you can go without branching to maybe yeah, Star Wars. Getting too tricky with the yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that'll do it. Sounds like it. Uh, we'll have more to talk about next week. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, yep. uh, we're going to uh, get through all of the Comic-Con stuff next yep. week. Yep. All those stuff. And we yep. got to wrap this up now. Okay, uh, follow us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Media Boat Cast or Media Boat Podcast. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, leave a review. And thanks, and we'll see you guys I next I think we're going to start putting more news feeds on the Twitter sphere than in Facebook. Okay. So. All right. Let's uh, do that. Can we put more hashtags out there? Get more people to follow us. Hashtag media vote. Hashtag come follow us. Hashtag media vote. Hashtag, Hashtag bye. Hashtag bye. bye.